Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read verses 9 through 13. This is going to be a very, very familiar passage. This isn't going to catch anyone off guard. No one's going to be like, oh my gosh, where in the world did he find that? I've never heard that before in my life. You're going to be like, oh, wait a minute, I've heard this before. This is what it says. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. Tonight I want to talk to you about prayer. And as I, as I got into the Word this week, I, didn't, I was a little puzzled as to where to go. I think that the last couple weeks have been extremely difficult for a lot of people. Um, and a lot of people in this church. And so I remember sitting down Friday morning with Brian. And this is the only thing that I felt like God had started to work in me. Is this thing about prayer. And I remember sitting down with Brian. And uh, you know he was talking to me about everything they had been going through. And the emotions and the just the, the, the pain and... Um, just the, the, the attack of the enemy and how he was attacking them in this and, and the things that, that were being spoken to them. And um, I remember just sitting there like, I don't have a clue what I'm doing right now. And I don't, but God does. And when I got into that, I realized and, and I began thinking more about this whole concept of prayer. Because see, prayer is the primary connection. Between heaven and earth. It is the primary connection. Between God. And us. And as I think more and more about prayer. And what prayer is intended to be for us. I realize how often we belittle. This thing called prayer. I, I'll talk to Bethany oftentimes, And I can say this since she's not in here. She won't yell at me. You know she, she is one that will. Often find herself saying, I wish I could do more, but all I can do is pray. And I've heard people say that for years. I wish I could do more, but all I can do is pray. And my typical response to that is, yeah, you're right. The only thing that you can do is talk to the creator of all things and give it to him who is able to do all things. That's not a little thing. It's not, a, it's not a tiny thing to be able to take our petitions to this type of a God. A God who loves and cares enough to actually hear what we're saying. And so tonight, we have got to get into our root system that we need to be creatures of prayer. In all things that we do, in everywhere that we go, in every decision that we make, in everything, in everything that we touch or do, they should be birthed. Out of prayer. And so I'm going to, and I'm going to ask you as uh, when I gave uh, Chris the scriptures tonight, he was like, oh, just a little light reading tonight. Um, as we, we're going to, we're going to bounce around a little bit. I want to, I want to have you turn with me to Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six, for those of you who um, may not be familiar with that specific area, um, Ephesians chapter six is where Paul really writes to us about the armor of God. How many of you have heard of the armor of God? Right? Yeah, pretty much everyone's heard 
the armor of God and all of the pieces. And I think I've heard countless series and sermons and everything on the armor of God. Um, it's been preached forwards, backwards. I've, I've, I've heard all kinds of stuff on the armor of God. And it was really interesting to me when I got into the word and I saw what was in Ephesians chapter six, because this follows the whole discussion of the armor of God. And this is what it says in verse 18. It says, and to pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray in the spirit on all occasions and with all kinds of prayer and requests. I read those 10, and I would tell you to go read verses 10 through 17 um, when you get a minute, but verses 10 through 17 talk about everything that we're supposed to put on, all of the different pieces of armor of God, the purpose behind them, and everything that comes with it. But then it is immediately followed out by us, by telling us now what we, we pray. See, you would think that the thing to do as soon as you get all of the armor in is to go straight into battle and start fighting people, right? And the reality is, is what we've done is we've missed the best fight that we can ever fight is found in prayer. Yeah. We, have, we have allowed ourselves to get caught up in fights that won't result into anything. We've tried to fix broken problems, broken, broken homes, broken families, and we've done it by our own doing. When we look at the word, it tells us, get your armor on and pray. Now, when I read that, I was like, shoot. You know, some of us work hard to prepare or to study for something specific or to serve or maybe to practice for worship. But do we give the same attention to prayer? Because when, when, when you know, we, last week we talked about um, uh, the scripture and it was talking about continuing and they continued in the apostles doctrine So we talked about continuing the word and then they continued in fellowship and breaking of bread But then also said they continued in prayer Prayer those are the three things that that from last week God has just kept me laser focusing on and that Some of us some of us have gotten so caught up in everything else and that we've we're in a battle or we found ourselves on a battle or we're going through a battle and the reality is is we're so caught up in what's happening that we forget the way we fight that battle. See Tiff Tiff sent me that song like a week ago. Maybe more. And as we played it today I was like, "Oh my gosh. <laughs> there are so so many people that are finding ourselves in that situation." And I, as I read that, I realized that praying isn't just preparation. It's not just preparation. See, we think that we have to pray, we, and, and this isn't a bad thought, that we pray before we go in to do something. But what happens when we get in there? Do we stop praying? See, we, we pray before we step out, but then we, we, it doesn't stop. See, prayer is supposed to be more than just preparation. Praying is partaking. It is partaking in the battle. It's partaking in the blessing. It's partaking in the problem. Prayer is not supposed to be this removed piece of our walk. It is not supposed to be this thing that we sit over to the side and we go to it when we need it. Prayer is supposed to be, I'm telling you, in terms of our roots, 
It has to be a part of every branch that goes out from our root system. Is that it has to be in prayer. And what we have done is by, by minimizing prayer to preparation only, we've missed out on the blessing. We've missed out on, on partaking in what God has for us in this relationship. And what we've done is we, we've minimized the importance of prayer in a believer's life by choosing not to participate in prayer. See, prayer is one of those things, you're not, you're not forced into it. You know, I'm not, I'm not forced to have a conversation with my wife. Sometimes, maybe. <laughs> We're going to talk about this now. <laughs> but, but overall, I'm not forced into that conversation, really, okay? And we're not, we're not forced into this whole prayer thing. We can, we can go through our life on earth and miss that. We can miss communion with the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. We can, we can miss that if we allow prayer to be minimized to something that is just, just not that important. Or I don't have time for it. Or it's more important that I do this than I pray. And, and I began thinking um, how, I've been th thinking of different churches that I've been a part of. And thinking about the prayer ministries within those churches. And thinking about who was in those prayer ministries and who wasn't in those prayer ministries. And how many people were looking for a ministry to plug into because they didn't know where they fit or what they were supposed to do. And unfortunately, the prayer ministry in most churches is either non-existent. Or it is the smallest ministry in the church. Yeah. Literally the smallest. I remember we were in a church. Church was maybe, I don't know, 120 or so people. Prayer ministry, like three people, maybe. It was one to three people. And as I thought about that, I thought, man, if how is it that we place importance on all these other things when the word has constantly told us pray? The word has constantly put that into us. This scripture in Ephesians is telling us, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. There's no stopping that. You guys have heard, pray without ceasing, right? This is, this is where we have to, to get this so deep into our spirit that in everything that we do and everywhere that we go, that we are praying through it. Yeah. Now, this scripture encourages us to do this. How do, we, how do we do this? How, we have to be intentional to place a priority on prayer in every aspect of our lives. And everything that we do and every decision that we make. Because everything that we do should be, should be bathed in prayer. Okay? Too many people share, and I hear this all the time, and I'm sure many of you. I've heard people say to me how God told them to do something. Now... I've heard people tell me God told them to do some crazy stuff that does not line up with what God would tell them to do, okay? And some people just, they gravitate towards that. But the thing is, is when someone, when someone is so confident in what God has told them to do, but they're not doing what God has told us to do right here, there's something wrong here, guys. See, there is so much in this word that God has already told us to do that we're not doing, like praying, like praying the way that we should, like praying, you know, I, 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 we can't, we can't keep placing prayer as optional. 
You know, I, I, I envision for me, and, this, and I answer this for myself, I'm not asking you to answer this out loud, but I imagined, um, I had gotten a survey this week um, for something, and they were asking me to rank importance in different things like that, okay? And um, as, I, as, I, as I was studying this, I felt like God just gave me a moment just to look at a survey that said, how often do you pray? How often would you say that you pray? And the answers were constantly, often, seldom, or never. And I fear that a lot of times we're going to check that seldom or never box. You know, I hear, I hear countless, countless, countless surveys being done on pastors all across the country. And things that they're addicted to and things that they struggle with and things that they do that they should do and things that they don't do that they should be doing. And all these things. And prayer is one of those things that literally I keep looking at and I think... You know, have we tried to make this as an optional part of who we are? It's not optional. It literally is the connection between heaven and earth. And we need to be running that lap as much as we possibly can, people. We, we, we take on too many things on our own when God has intended, intended to take care of it. Matthew 6, I'm going to ask you to turn back to this because there's something in here that, um, that jumped out at me. Because... We talk about how do we pray. There are, you can read book after book after book after book that will literally break down how you're supposed to pray. You can, you can listen to, I, I guarantee you if you did a search for a sermon about how am I supposed to pray, you're going to find all kinds of stuff, all kinds of things. You're going you're gonna to see a lot about the Lord's Prayer that we already read, right? You're going to see all this out there. And... So I began asking myself, well, how, how do we pray? And, and the primary focus when we talk about how to pray, but, but if I'm going to be honest with you, God isn't looking for you to come together with a perfect prayer. God isn't looking for the structure of your prayer. You know, a lot of people look at the, the Lord's Prayer, and what they'll do is they'll say, this is, this is how you have to structure your prayer. You know, you need to first give praise to God, then you have to, you know, pray for his will, and then you need to pray for your specific needs, and pray for forgiveness, and, and all those things. That's not bad. I'm not saying that that's bad, okay? I'm not saying that that's a bad process. I think about that a lot of times when I pray. But what I'm saying to you is don't get caught up on how you have to pray to where you don't pray. See, because all daddy wants to hear is your voice. That's it. It doesn't matter how well it's put together. It doesn't matter how eloquently you can say it. It doesn't matter whether you're saying it in King James Version or not. It matters that you're speaking to him because that's what he wants. He isn't looking for you to come together with this perfect process or the perfect wording or anything like that. And what I love is, and I, I don't hear this as much when we talk about the Lord's Prayer, but verses 5 through 8, I want to read you what this says. It says, and when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing on, in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Now, let me just say real quick, standing and praying and standing on a corner is praying is not bad. That's not what they're saying. That's not what Jesus is saying here. He's saying the problem is to be seen by others. That's the problem, right? He says, truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. 
Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. I think these passages say a whole lot more about prayer than we don't typically talk about. We get so caught up in how big a prayer is and how bold a prayer has got to be and how loud, the volume, the, 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 uh, your posture, your attention, the, the quantity of your words, how many people are looking at me, and it's, that's not it. And Jesus, Jesus literally is specifically telling us that is not what we're supposed to do. Now, it also tells us it's not saying to us God already knows what you need, so don't ask him. That's not what it's saying. It's not saying, it's not this, this theory of, of God knows, knows all things, and so you just need to go to him and say, God, you know what I need? See you later, dude. That's, that's, not, that's not what it's saying here, right? It's saying that he already knows, and so we don't have to just keep over and over and over again. You know, we, we talked um, last week, and he may have it, you know, 1 John 5, 14, 15 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Your prayer isn't about anything else than just being aligned with the will of the Father and talking to God. It's, it's, not, about, it's not about how much you say or how little you say. It's not, it's not about um, how loud you say it or, you know what, I did it in such a way that it caused a, a big stir and everyone was looking and everyone saw that I was praying. You know, you know we, can, we can talk about praying for meals, okay? I have been in situations, okay? Um, my wife and I, we, we pray, um, and the kids, we pray before we eat our meals, okay? And it's usually one of the kids, and uh, they do a really good, amazingly quick prayer, um, sometimes we can understand them. Sometimes we can't. Um, Naomi's like, thank you, Jesus, for this food. Amen. Bye. Um, that's like, that's Naomi, right? Right to it. Nakoda will think through it a little bit more. Um, she'll make, she might thank him for the day and thank him for what they did. Um, Harvest just goes, amen. Like, that's it. And I'm like, girl, you, I'm, I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not, maybe she's got this whole wording thing right. Maybe I just got it wrong, you know. She, you know, maybe he's looking at me like, you guys are babbling, dude. She's nailed it right here. Amen. You know? But, but we, we pray before our meal. But there are some times when I believe that I've been in situations where someone has wanted this prayer over their meal to be this big event for no other reason than so that people sitting around them saw what they were doing. Oh, they're praying, right? If, we're, if you're doing that, just listen, E. coli, just enjoy it. Right? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what I'm saying is that when it comes down to it, there, there's no point in that, right? If we're, if we're doing things just to cause a scene, just to cause a moment, just to cause all these things, and we're missing the whole point of the prayer, then just stop wasting your time. See, we are supposed to go to the Father in confidence and share things with Him and just be open and honest with who God is. And too often what we've been trained to do is hide. We weren't, we weren't made to hide, guys. We weren't made to hide from, from each other, and we weren't made to hide from God. Listen, God 
desires that type of a relationship. He desires us to be in communion with him. But if we if we get caught up in, in how we think we should pray, listen, when I first, the first moment that I ever went to speak, okay, in front of people for church, I had all of these ideas of how I had to do it. I had all of this perception that was put on me that I didn't realize was on me, okay? I'm, I've always been kind of the guy that I'm just gonna do what I do. But all of a sudden I found myself in this moment where I was in this like weird turmoil thing that I was like, this isn't, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. This isn't the way everyone else or the way this person or the way that person. And sometimes you get so caught up in that that you don't move forward in what God already wants you to do. And see with prayer, guys, it's just talk to him. Just talk to him. Spend some time with him. It isn't, you know, the whole question of how, this isn't a big theological discussion to have. Just talk to him. Because the more complicated that we try to make this path between us and him, the more we just mess it up. And the more that what happens is we just don't do it. We just don't do it. Because we decide, we decide, well, I'm not, shoot, I'm not good enough. Well, I messed up with this last week or this week or, you know, today I, I, I did this or I said this or I, 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 whatever it is, guys. And that's, that's, not, that's not the way it's supposed to be. And an important thing about prayers being answered is they aren't answered based on our merit. Some people get disappointed or some people get angry because they feel like they've earned God's mercy in that moment. Now, Daniel 9.18, when Daniel was praying, said, We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. See, we, when we call out to God and we ask him to move on a situation, we're not calling because, God, I've been so faithful and I've given and I've been obedient and I've done all this. No, 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 no. When we're going to the Father, we're going to him because he is full of mercy. Yeah. That, that is what we're going to. And so I love how it says that in Daniel. Can I tell you something? There's a lot of questions that we can't answer in this world. There are some jacked up things that happen. Things that we just, there's no words. There's no conclusion. There's no I, listen, I've, I've been in so many situations myself where I, I just walk away and I, I, don't, I don't even have any words because I don't even understand why some of these things happen. Life is hard. Yeah. Horrible things happen. Things that we just, we just can't begin to understand. But we have a Father who is so great in mercy. And He loves and He wants to hear from us. The best thing about it is in Romans 8.28, it says that all things, God works for the good of those who love him. All things who have been called according to his purpose. All things. That thing that doesn't seem to make sense, all things. That thing that, that has, has broken your spirit, all things. That thing that has confused you, that, have, that has left you lonely and feeling abandoned, all things. God works for the good. We stand on that and we believe that and we walk in that and all of these things. Turn with me to James 5.16. Tiff, I'm going to ask you to come if you would as we get ready to close. 
James chapter 5, verse 16. I think if, for us as a church, this is a scripture that, as we have been on this journey with you, this is a scripture that has always yelled at me. It has always yelled at me. And it has always leaped out at me when I've read it. And I think part of why this has always leaped out to me is because we don't see it as common as we should. Not just here, but in the body of Christ. We, we don't, I don't think we live it as much as we should. And I, and I read this scripture, I want to read this to you, because I want, I want us to get this into, into our spirits, what the word says here. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other. That doesn't say to Jesus. It doesn't say to the Father. It doesn't say to the Spirit. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. It didn't say how to pray. It didn't say that you needed to be in a certain place to do it. It didn't say that this is how long your prayer should be. It said, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. We are often so ashamed of ourselves that we can't be honest enough to tell someone what's going on. That we can't be honest enough with those around us to be able to say, I need someone to pray for me. I need someone to, listen, listen, when, um, when Moses was in the battle, Aaron and Hur came up beside him to lift his hands up because that was the only way that he would win that battle. It's the only time that they won was when his arms were raised up that they would come up behind and they literally gave him something to sit on and they continued to hold his arms up until he won that battle. Guys, we have to be a church and a people that is willing to hold some arms up and not judge them when their arms come down and say, well, you knew that if you would have just kept your arms up that you would have won. You knew that if you would have just held on, that they would have won. Instead of standing back and watching the battle get lost, we need to get involved. We need to get in there, and we need to support each other. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. See, this scripture points out a big piece of this prayer thing that we avoid. And it's confessing our sins to each other and praying for each other. We, the word doesn't tell us, here's what I want you to do. I want you to identify where your struggles are and where your sins are. And those things that you just can't, you just can't seem to shake them. You can't seem to get past them. The word doesn't say find those things and then deal with it. Figure it out on your own. Figure out how, how to work through. Don't, don't let anyone know. Because if someone knows that that's going on in your family, they're going to think that you're jacked up. Or they're going to think that you're not faithful. Or they're going to think whatever. Listen, that's not what the word says. The word says confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. 
That's what the Word of God says. And we often want to hide in fear of what someone will say about us. Listen, this tells us that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Powerful and effective. So why do we say things like all I can do is pray? And why do we push prayer off to the side because there's something more important? I, I, have, to, I have to go preach, right? So there's a lot of people that will spend so much time preparing to preach that they don't ever pray. There's so, there's so many people that will spend so much time practicing for worship, but then they never take time to pray before they worship. They're, listen, we can't run this thing the way the world tells us to run. The world tells us to get our lighting checked done, to get our sound checked done, to make sure that we've got it all polished, make sure that we've got all of our ducks in a row, and then draw the curtain back and have this great moment. But the Word tells us, pray. 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 See, if we can, if we can get into our heads, we listen, we got to get past this, this horrible concept that prayer is our last resort, that it's the last thing that we go to, and it's the last thing that we try to figure out how to solve this. I'm a, I'm a fixer, okay? I, I love to fix things. It doesn't, it really doesn't matter what it is. I'm a fixer. That's, that's me. But I'll tell you, the last two weeks, there have been things that I haven't been able to fix, that I can't fix. I don't have the ability to fix. And I like to be able to believe I can fix it. You know, the whole Bob the Builder, he can fix it. Yes, he can. You know? I think Kim has sung that a couple times when I fix something around the house. Yay. Um, but let me tell you something. There are things that I can't fix. There are things that you can't fix. There are tons of things that we just can't fix. We can't. But he can. And if we take, if we take our petitions to him and we pray, and we, we be honest with each other. Listen, you know, as a church, when I read scriptures like this, it really challenges me. Because it really, it frustrates me sometimes as a pastor. So we all say, what, what am I doing that I need to change to open up this? To open up this whole idea where people confess to each other. And begin working. I'm not talking about confessions like you coming to me and confessing your sin. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the person behind you, the person next to you, the person across from you, to where we become such a family and such a body that we can look at each other and say, this is tough. And that person doesn't go and tell everyone else what's going on. That's that's being the body of Christ. That's being the body of Christ. And we we have to, guys, we have to embrace that with everything that I, if we are, you know, in, in the church planning realm, they talk about church growth and explosive church growth. There's a church 
that launched in um, Cincinnati, I think last week. It was last week. Uh, I, I heard Beth, Beth's kind of followed what they've been doing and everything. They launched downtown Cincinnati, and I heard Beth listening to a um, uh, uh, broadcast. It was a it was like a news story about them, and it was talking about how this church launched, and on their launch Sunday, they had over 600 people show up to this church, and that is incredible. That is that is amazing. But early on, when we started this journey in to real church. We were faced with two options. They sat me down and they said, what do you want to do, Tom? Do you want to do a large launch church where we'll send you to deep training? You're going to have to go down to Alabama for a week. You're going to have to do this. And then you're going to launch a church with at least 250 people on launch Sunday. Are you? Do you want to do this? Or do you want to do an organic church plan where it grows as the church grows? And I said, well, tell me about both of them. And they say, well, the organic church growth is usually the most sustainable. And so, as I hear that, what it tells me is that, guys, for us, for us as we grow as a church, I want you to know something about me. I'm not worried about 150, 200, 300, 400, 500 people. Okay? What I care about is that your relationship with the Father and with the Son with the Holy Spirit, that while you're here, it's taking you in deeper. Not, not, not bigger, not, oh my gosh, I got all these friends now. Not, I'm not necessarily saying, I think you will have all of that, but, but deeper because your relationship with Him is way more important than your relationship with 600 people. See, the Father, if, if we do a big show and you get a good thumbs up and, and a, you know, a pat on the back as you walk out the door, but you don't encounter the Father. I don't care. And guys, we encounter the Father when we pray. And when we open ourselves up to be able to pray for each other. And so I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. I just, I just, I want to pray for a minute. And then I'm going to ask you guys to do something with me. God, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this body of people who, who I believe love you, Lord. And God, I thank you for giving us the ability to speak with you, how, to have a connection and a relationship with you. And God, I pray that as a body, that Father, we would not forsake how huge that is. That God, we wouldn't minimalize prayer anymore. And that God, it would be the biggest thing about who we are and the biggest thing about who this church is is that we would be known as a praying church. That we would be a church that would literally just bathe this community in prayer. And that as we lift them up, God, that you would do the miraculous, the things that, that we can't do, God. We want to be fixers and we want to fix so many things. But God, we know that at the end of the day, it all comes down to what you do. And so God, we trust you in it. We trust you in it. We relinquish our authority in it to you because God the only authority that we have is that that you give us and so God I pray that God we would walk in that that we would honor